Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to the Big Talker Podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network. We are indeed brought to you by our friends at Speaker Match. And SpeakerMatch.com is America's largest online speakers bureau. Telephone number, if you'd like to be a part of the show, is 516-418-5635. That's 516-418-5635. My name is Burke Allen. I am in uh, stately Allen Manor somewhere in suburban Washington, D.C., as we all try to make our way through this coronavirus pandemic and the news changes every day as we broadcast the show live today. Uh, the Tokyo Olympics have been uh, postponed. They say they're going to make them up sometime between now and 2021, and that's just one of the headlines that's changing daily. Lots of workplace worry, lots of loss of control in life. So we're bringing back one of our favorite guests to the show, Richard Battle. is a uh, an expert, a business consultant, does a lot of public speaking, and has written a bunch of books about things just like this, including his latest award-winning Conquering Life's course common sense in chaotic times and i can think of no one better to talk about these chaotic times than my friend richard battle richard thanks for carving out some time today first of all i have to ask you how are you and your family faring in uh, texas today well well, good morning burke and thank you for having us and we're all peachy down here just enjoying the dream (laughs) i love the sunny optimism there um so you've written a book about common sense in chaotic times have you in your life been through something uh frankly as chaotic as this coronavirus pandemic is there something that that you equate it to in your mind well first uh, no one's been through anything exactly like this but i believe i've been fortunate to have been through many situations in life in many personal situations that I've endured and survived that enable me to face this with more calm and confidence than I would have otherwise. And I had written an article for medium.com entitled, this isn't our first radio, excuse me, first rodeo that talked about some of them. And I can remember the Cuban missile crisis in 1962 and wondering if we were going to be attacked with a nuclear bomb by Soviet Union. And I looked at my parents for calm during that instead of panic. Uh, Kennedy assassination in 1963, the 1974 oil embargo where we had to stand in line every other day for gas. Uh, I was financially ruined in the 1980s real estate collapse in Texas. Um, 1987, I remember very well when the stock market lost 22% in one day. And then uh, so many things since then, including my own experience surviving a fire, divorce, two heart procedures, and a cancer diagnosis. So this, yes, is unknown, but I have every confidence that we will get through it and be better for it uh, relatively soon. Our guest is Richard Battle. He's an expert on 
on what we're going through right now. Uh, all the, the, the worry and the strife, his latest book is, believe it or not, called Conquering Life's Course, Common Sense in Chaotic Times. If you'd like to talk to Richard, the number is 516-418-5635. And uh, the Big Talker podcast is brought to you by our friends at SpeakerMatch.com, also a proud Texas-based company, I might add. Uh, Richard joins us on the phone from Austin, Texas today. Um, you are a guy, as you mentioned, that, that has been through some tough stuff. Um, you had that, that apartment fire that you went through. You uh, got wiped out with the Texas real estate collapse, uh, been through divorce, a couple of major medical procedures. But the one that I think, uh, and, and a cancer diagnosis that you survived, the one that I think really pulls at, at my heartstrings that I've read about uh, and know about is the death of your only son. And I can't imagine as a father myself, what it must be like to go through something like the death of a child. And I wonder if, if, you know, something like that makes what we're going through now as a country, as, as a world, uh, maybe even, uh, you know, less important or less chaotic. Well, you hit the nail on the head and I omitted it, but it was, absolutely the most devastating loss that I've ever experienced. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It took a long time in spite of having a deep faith to get through uh, to where I could even think or care about living again. But looking back on it, as much as I hate losing my son, I don't grieve where he is. I grieve where he isn't. And my life has been blessed because of his short life and because of things that I've been able to do. Others have been blessed because of his short life. So his impact on this world is much greater than the short life he had on this world. And I'm grateful for that. Well, I appreciate you talking to us about it. I know it's got to be very difficult. Uh, Richard Battle, our guest today, as we talk about getting through this pandemic together, the World Health Organization has announced that uh, you know the worst is yet to come in the United States. As of our recording this podcast on March 24th, I wonder if you have some strategies, maybe two or three tips that you could share with our listeners um, to keep you and those you love from from being too stressed about this coronavirus news. And, and I, I would imagine you know some amount of stress. Some amount of anxiety and worry is normal, but what would you advise as somebody who's who's uh, an expert on this sort of thing to not let it overwhelm you, not to stress out too much? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. I think there are several things. Uh, first, we all need to be informed, but uh, one thing that drives me crazy right now is the media is sensationalizing everything to attract ears and eyeballs. And the longer we listen to the media, the more fearful it can make us. So be informed, but don't stay on the news all day long. Uh, I think there's a need to be prudent. Some things are essential. Some things are optional. And for myself, I always thought that a lot of things were essential, that losing my son and going through some other experiences taught me weren't as essential as I thought they might be. Uh, we need to be prepared, but we don't need a, a year's supply of toilet paper, I don't believe. I and believe most you're right. of all, we shouldn't panic. And going back to the experience I had during the Cuban Missile Crisis when I was in elementary school, 
I looked to my parents to see how they responded to that. And they kept their calm, even though I know that they were worried. So I didn't panic. If they would have panicked, I would have panicked. And so I encourage some people that influence young people who haven't been through anything in life yet not to panic and keep their wits about them, keep controlled so that we can influence those people because the future is going to be very important how we respond to this situation. I think that uh, you make three very salient points, and I'd like to, to tackle at least a couple of them, and let's start with, with the media piece. I'm a media guy. I've been in it and around it my whole life. I think many times uh, the media gets a bad rap for doing their jobs, and certainly at other times there is an element of, of sensationalism. You know, people who program TV stations, they program them to get you to watch more TV. Um, but I will say, Richard, that in, in many cases, many people I've talked to, even in the media industry, have advised against overdoing it uh, because with this 24-7 news cycle and this being the most fluid news story, in at least in my lifetime, where there's continually new big developments, it's really hard to pull yourself away from it. But you got to do it. It's, it's not only an enormous time suck, it can certainly add to the stress and anxiety. So how much is too much, and, and, and what is your personal method of doing this? Do you, do you check in once in the morning and once in the afternoon, or how do you stay away from it? <laughs> well, I think that's a great question. So the first thing I do is I'll turn the news on in the morning to, fi- to figure out, has the world ended and I didn't know about it? And yeah. I'll watch a story or two. And once I determine that the world hasn't ended, I'll turn it off and proceed through my day. And then I will check in usually midday and at the end of the day. And what I find is so many of the stories are repeated over and over and over if you watch it continuously that you only get incremental news a few times during the day. And even some of the incremental news that may come, there's very little we can do about it. And it's, there's very little change it's going to have on our lives during that two- or three-hour period we're away. So I think that the sanity we gain from not being glued to the TV or radio uh, is well worth it. You know, and with the advent of so much information in the palm of your hand with your cell phone, uh, it's, it's tough not to go down that rabbit hole of, of social media. And even before this happened, I think social media had – uh, its pluses and its minuses, and uh, it still cuts both ways, but maybe more extreme in that manner. So uh, when you consume social media, I guess the big advice would be what? To take it with a grain of salt, what you read there? Well, I think you have to verify the, the news, as we've all seen things on social media sometimes are reported before the facts show up, and uh, both sides get things wrong. So I think we, if we see something, then we have to investigate to make sure it's correct before we get too upset about it. You know, I'll share with you, Richard, a, a tip that will make me sound a, a thousand years old. But before everybody had instant information in, in the palm of their hand um, and, and folks listen to the radio for news and updates, at the top of the hour on most news radio stations, there was a, a national newscast. And, and lots of radio stations still do that today that are, are news and talk stations. And I've always learned, I was taught by a journalism professor in college this years ago, that if you catch the, the top two or three minutes at the top of the hour of the news, that's the big national stuff. That's what you need to know there. 
from a national perspective, and maybe you can kind of put it down. Um, let's talk about your final tip there, and that was how to how to talk to your kids about this global pandemic, about coronavirus, and and you know at what age you have that conversation, why you should have the conversation with them rather than than consuming things on YouTube or TikTok or whatever. So let's get into that a little bit. Um, you're a father. Uh, you, you've talked about your son who passed, but I believe you, you'd share with me you have a, a, a daughter as well. How would you talk to your kids, let's say they were uh, in elementary school, about this so as to convey a sense of calm like your parents did all those years ago in the Cuban Missile Crisis? Well, I think that's a great question also. My daughter is a 21-year-old college junior right now, and I had a long talk with her Sunday afternoon, as a matter of fact, And she and her friends, her friends more than she, were panicked because of all the news. And this is their first experience not having control or not knowing what's going to happen regarding their school. Uh, She's a softball player in college. She doesn't know what's going to happen going forward. Uh, There's an uncertainty and an anxiety from that. And so I tried to relay my personal experiences as well as other experiences I've lived through to try to let her know that this would pass. Uh, she's going to be okay. Regardless of what happens, we're going to be okay and get through this. And as I tell people a lesson I learned a long time ago, somebody told me, what did you worry about three years ago? And most of us can't remember what we worried about three years ago. And my hope is that three years from now that we won't be able to remember this, but even if we do, we'll be able to look back on it and realize that we got through it and we can face something going forward. I'm curious as to whether you, uh, you broached the subject of those pictures. I'm sure we've all seen of all the college kids in spring break, uh, you know, shoulder to shoulder out on the beach there in Clearwater, Florida. Did you talk to your, your daughter about that? And what was her feedback on, on all that? You said she was panicked about the whole thing. She and her friends, did, did that come up in the conversation at all? And, and any thoughts on that? Well, and she, and she wasn't as panicked. She was uh, uneasy. She wasn't as panicked as some of her friends. But, yes, because they had spring break last week. And here, they did, she didn't go to the beach. She had some friends that went to the beach on the Texas coast. She had some other friends that went to raft some of the rivers in the hill country. And she advised them not to do it. She didn't, she didn't go. And I think she was very prudent and smart in her own decision-making in not doing that, whereas some of the youngsters did go through and and do those type of events. Richard, if you have kids at home right now, uh, as millions of Americans do, and and I am one of those Americans, I've got a a freshman in high school uh, whose school uh, has been canceled through the end of this year. It'll be all online learning starting next week. Um, and they are younger, let's say they're elementary school age, or I guess at, at any age, you can't pull the wool over their eyes. You can't be uh, disingenuous with this thing, I don't think. I think you have to be honest and let them know, look, this is a big deal. And and yet you don't want to instill a sense of panic in them. And I wonder if, if you could uh, talk me through that fine line of being truthful with your kids without uh, – uh, maybe without sharing necessarily some of the severity of the situation, or do you completely come clean and tell them exactly what's happening, but do it in 
uh, where it's, as they say in, in, in the sales business, it's all about the delivery. Well, I, I think it depends on the individual child, but uh, to me it's important to share what you think they can take in a calm and responsible way to build confidence in them that we're going to get through it and how we get through it is going to be very important to set up what the future is going to be. And this was a discussion I had with my daughter because she'd been used to going to college, spending a lot of hours each week practicing for softball and requirements of her life, and now she's found that she doesn't have as much to do. And I told her that she needed to have a discipline every day, get up, have her activities, her schoolwork online, her workouts, uh, find a hobby, fill her time with things other than social media or news because that vacuum of time usually ends up being utilized in a negative way. And so having some discipline, I think, is extremely important and will set up a productivity going forward for them as well. This is the Big Talker podcast, and we're seeking out experts to help us get through this whole thing. And Richard Battle is one of them. His book, his latest, is Conquering Life's Course, Common Sense in Chaotic Times, available, um, well, I would say at bookstores everywhere. But right now, you don't want don't to run out to bookstores. You want to order on Amazon.com and have them make a no-contact delivery right to your front door, which is how I got uh, some goodies delivered yesterday. Um, Richard, as, as somebody who's been a business consultant for years and worked in and around the business world, there is some talk of the economics of this versus um, the toll on, on human life and whether there is an overcorrection happening by closing down uh, tens of millions of businesses in America, not to mention the rest of the world versus the amount of suffering, the amount of life. And, and I know there's no exact science on this, but I wonder where you fall on that. Well, there's certainly a big component. And as a child of parents who grew up in the Depression, I understand now why they were so conservative, why they wanted to pay for everything up front, not have a lot of debt, not throw things away, keep things be prepared for unsituations uh, un that would show up that we weren't thinking about uh, because they had been through something economically that's as bad as what we're experiencing or going to experience now. And I think that there will be a lot of changes in personal economic behavior after this because people will see that, yes, I might lose my job, I need to have six months of savings so if I do that I can live without stress. I need to be prepared for the unexpected, the rainy day fund. And I think that this generation will learn those lessons that my parents and others learned during the Depression years ago. You know, there's a, uh, there's a gentleman that I know very well who's a, a World War II vet and still just as sharp as a tack and and he's getting through this remarkably well and remarkably level-headedly. Um, and I talked to him a little bit about that, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with, with what he's seen, you know, in, in his time in World War II, uh, you know, lots of factories retrofitted to, to make things for the war effort. And 
there was rationing all through the country of, of everything from nylons for the ladies to toilet paper to, to milk and bread and staples. So this was, was not, not necessarily anything new for him. And, and he mentioned something to me, Richard, that I want to share with our listeners that, that really hit home for me. He said, you know, we, we were used to seeing houses when we walked to school that were under quarantine because of the, the polio uh, epidemic. And, and, you know, my own mother was a, a survivor of polio, and, and it confined her to a wheelchair for her entire life. So, so I think previous generations have seen adversity at least as much as, if not more so than this, and that seemed to have, have steeled them for what we're undergoing with the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely, and it's funny you mention that because I watched a, an old World War II movie yesterday, and thinking back to what those people experienced, not counting being shot at, uh, the, the deprivation. They didn't have running water in some places. They didn't have electricity. Uh, cities were bombed out in Europe. Uh, people out in the Pacific that were caught at the start of the war were speed bumps for the enemy, and they were put into a position where some of them gave up four or five years of their lives, but they didn't know from day to day to day what situation they would be in. And I think those people are good examples, and we stand on their shoulders. We should learn from them, and we should build our shoulders up so that the generations that follow us have good examples and shoulders to prepare them for the adversities in the future. Richard Battle, our guest today, he's the author of Conquering Life's Course, Common Sense in Chaotic Times. He's a business consultant and an expert on overcoming adversities, just like we're dealing with, uh, with the, the loss of control in our lives as millions are sheltering in place all across America, all across the world in response to the coronavirus epidemic. Thank you for listening. The uh, podcast brought to you by our friends at SpeakerMatch and SpeakerMatch.com who has lots of new information they're sharing every day about how the speaking industry is redoing what they do. And, and lots of virtual speaking events are beginning to, to crop up, virtual concerts from entertainers, podcasts like this one that, that we're sharing. And, and I know you're not necessarily a futurist, uh, Richard, but, but you do talk about overcoming uh, chaotic times and, and conquering life's course. As, as you crystal ball it a little bit into the future, how do you think America will change in the wake of this coronavirus epidemic? Well, I think there are going to be a lot of changes, one of which I don't think is being foreseen right now. And, and I believe for many years that the college experience will go online and the need for these expensive facilities and campuses won't be there in the future as it is now. And I think this experience of students being educated online at a much less expensive cost than going to a campus will hasten that. And I don't know if the college administrators have figured that out yet. Uh, I'm concerned that we give the government too much control of too many things in the short term at this time. And I'm someone who cherishes my freedom and my individual uh, opportunity as well as responsibility as a citizen and I hope that this situation will only be temporal in us giving up liberties to get through this situation. So that's something I think we all need to be concerned about to make sure that we're given that freedom back that our forefathers gave to us. 
in the in the time that we have left in the Big Talker podcast, I, I want to get into some realistic things that we can do. Whether it's it's for you and and uh, you may be internalizing the stress and this fear and, and not letting it out uh, outwardly show, or with those around you, because we all will interact with people. I think who who worry a lot. And and what advice would you give to folks to help? those who worry a lot, whether it's uh, an elderly neighbor, whether it's a very young person, um, what do we tell them to help them with their worries, Richard? Well, and I think worry is the only exercise that's not beneficial because it burns calories, but there's no benefit to it. And as the late Lucille Braden said, worry is interest paid on debt before it's due. And Worrying does not help us. Worry is about a lack of control. And one thing I learned after the loss of my son is uh, our control of life is an illusion. We're only in control of certain things at certain times. We're not in control of everything. And so personally, my question then is who or what is in control? And my faith that my Lord will take care of me regardless of what happens to me is what I rely on. I can't imagine anyone living without a faith in a higher being or a creator that promises eternal life. And for those that don't, I hope that they will reconsider. And those that do, we need to trust that faith that regardless of what happens here, we're going to be okay. Are there any realistic actions that you should do um, to keep your own stress down? I, I talked to somebody uh, a couple of days ago who he said, you know, I, I don't want to sound too new agey on this, but, but really doing some breathing exercises uh, has been clinically proven to keep the stress down. So it's more than just take a deep breath. It's, it's take several deep breaths. Uh, and he said that really works. But for you personally, what have you seen that really helps to keep that stress down and protect you both physically and mentally in a high stress environment like we're all living in today? <laughs> Good question. I'm someone who exercises seven days a week. And so every day, if I, if I don't get my four mile or a little longer walk in, I feel stressed until I get that done. And doing that relieves me physical, emotional, spiritual. Uh, it's a great experience. And instead of going to the gym now, I'm doing it outside. So I'm enjoying the spring, springtime in Texas and all the wildflowers that are coming out now. You know, it, it, it's interesting you say that. I live in the Washington, D.C. metro, and cherry blossoms are popping up everywhere. So in the midst of this horrible global pandemic and people being very sick all around us and, and some of them losing their lives, uh, there's this natural beauty that's springing up, and, and it certainly gives me hope. And, and so does my conversation with you, Richard Battle. I appreciate you taking the time to, to visit with us today. Conquering Life's Course, Common Sense in Chaotic Times is the book and uh what would you say in, in today's world am i right is it amazon.com the best way to grab that that would be the best place and richard v battle would expose all of my writings not sure that we should use the word expose when we're talking about a pandemic but we'll we'll go with that <laughs> for right now <laughs> want to minimize the exposure but so bring people to richard RichardVBattle.com. RichardVBattle.com is the website. Hey, Richard, thanks for being on the show today. I appreciate it. 
Well, the website's richardbattle.com, but on Amazon, if they put in Richard B. Battle, uh, all of my books would show up. Very good. Richardbattle.com. Richardbattle.com is the website. And if you're looking for them on Amazon, we add the V, middle initial, Richard V. Battle. Author of six books, including one that is very apropos now, Conquering Life's Course, Common Sense in Chaotic Times. And we're certainly living in them today. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are. And feel free to pass the podcast along to anyone that you know that might benefit from it. Appreciate you listening. We'll do it again tomorrow. Thanks, everybody.